Hello, and welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Colton. Each episode, I pride myself on introducing you to somebody that I really admire in this business. And today's guest, Coley Mustafa Speaks, is no exception to that rule. This actor is brilliant. He's also my neighbor, so moving into the neighborhood, I think that's kind of brilliant. His wife, Michelle Michnor, was on the podcast a few episodes ago. She's a series regular on the show Lethal Weapon. Most people know Coley from the Netflix series Seven Seconds, starring Regina King. He was amazing on that. Recently, I started exercising, which I know that's, that's kind of weird all by itself. One of the things that keeps me on the elliptical for a long period of time is watching Netflix on my phone. I do the elliptical because I'm super masculine. I watched the series recently, Unsolved, which was really good, about the Tupac and Biggie murders. And one of the very first scenes in the first episode was Coley playing this character that I had never seen him play before. It was so intense. It was so good. I immediately texted him and I was like, yo, dude, you're freaking awesome. I'm not sure he replied. Coley. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that you're here. I have a lot of questions for you because we have hung out as friends right. and as neighbors, but I have yet to really like get to dig in deep about your career. True. And I have questions. Is that okay with you? Let's do it, man. I'm going to start with this. I was at your place helping you um, tape an audition. Right, right. First of all, I told your wife this. It was the scariest thing I ever did because I tape a lot of friends, yeah. but you're so good. All oh, of a sudden bro. when it was like your lines, <laughs> I was like, how can I, how can I keep up with this guy? Like, oh, man. You just have such a natural talent. But I saw on your wall... Mm. Some photos of you competing, I think, as a bodybuilder. Right. Is that where you began? Like, did you start working on your body and then build confidence and then go into acting? Oh, wow. Great question. Um, man, you're observant, too. I didn't realize you, you took a look at the wall. Huh? Well, you were wearing your underwear. Yeah, I, I was half naked <laughs> in the day, right? Well, I mean, just from as early as I can remember, brother, I have always had a fascination with building myself in every way mind, body. Spirit, and that's become my mantra just throughout my life. Uh, staying strong in the three dimensions of my being, my mind, my body, and my spirit. So I've always wanted to be a superhero physically and nice. look like a superhero physically. So I played a lot of different sports coming up. And I remember being in my room very early on, maybe six or seven years old, doing push ups and getting crunches at night while I watched. In living color. Oh, what a trip. Yeah, and while I watched the Jamie Foxx show, you know what I mean? Before bed, after homework. And I did about 200 push-ups. A night? 200 crunches a night. Holy crap, I can't do five. Listen, man, yeah. <laughs> right, man, I was a kid, right? So any of that stuff, like, I was just so aspirational at that time. But to answer your question, yes, I mean, it all really started with me building myself up in any way, especially physically, so that I could have the confidence that I needed to um, really go outside because of where I grew up. You know? That is interesting. 
at that point you were sort of melding two different worlds together for yourself because you did compete in bodybuilding and you are a professional actor. So you were working out while you were watching TV. Did you know at that time? No, sir. It really was about being a superhero. No, sir. At that time, I had no idea that I wanted to. I had no aspirations at the mm-hmm. time to act. My focus was school and sports. I played five different sports You know, coming up up until college. I played basketball, football, track and field, swimming, and baseball. Right, but football was the one that kind of took me over the top. Nothing along the way suggested that I was going to be an actor. Right, I only started acting in college, and before I started acting, I was playing football for the yeah. university as well as uh, studying my science. Um, internationally published as a marine scientist, wow. uh, specializing in shark research. Are you kidding? And so, no, that's awesome. I said we haven't talked. We haven't talked no, about this. That is have awesome. We? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um. In college, as an undergrad, my teammates and I, or my fellow scientists, successfully discovered a repellent for sharks, and um, it got published. As a, I got published as a junior, and uh, that afforded me an academic scholarship, gave up my athletic scholarship, and I started presenting my research internationally. Wow! So, just as an aside, like, how did you prove? that your shark repellent worked. I mean, you didn't just dive off a boat and no, spray something no, on a no, shark. No, 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 no. We, um, we actually went out doing something called long line fishing. I studied the Chesapeake Bay, and it was a specific species of shark, which is a juvenile sandbar shark. And we would go out there, long line fishing. It was just pretty much hook and line, but with a long line and a bunch of hooks on a long line and uh, troll for sharks. And we would hook and line them. And bring them back to the laboratory. They were juveniles, so they weren't too big. Maybe the biggest was about six feet. Bring them back to the laboratory and then run experiments. I had to come up with the experiments. Had to do all the logistics. Um, understand, wow. yeah, understand everything that I wanted to test and prove that come up with a theory or hypothesis and then prove it and all. And the results I came up with, it was pretty interesting. Interesting enough for the scientific community to take interest. My mind just blown. Sorry, you guys can't see me, but my <laughs> eyes are so wide open. I, I didn't know any of this. But it all sort of uh, makes sense. Before we dive into your acting life, I want to go back into this because, to me, I didn't play sports. I wasn't brave enough to play sports. Certainly, that leads into, you You know, not only are you brave enough to head on challenges, you're brave enough to head on sharks, and then... Somehow there's a crack in your world and you're brave enough to go into the arts. Mm-hmm. So do you think you've so far your life has been defined by bravery or is this just like me projecting onto you? No, no, that's very insightful for you to even um, you know put that all together because I would give it all to my upbringing. Right. And where I came from, I grew up in Booker T Projects in um, Jersey City, New Jersey. And that is a pretty rough environment to grow up in. Now, growing up in it, it seemed rough to me. But actually, when I got a chance to get out and experience the real world, I was like, oh, okay. well, the way I'm interacting with the world is not doesn't seem like it's normal. So I need to kind of tone down quite a bit. But being in that environment, I absolutely had to be brave. I had to overcome a lot of fears because naturally, genuinely, I'm a, I'm a loving guy. I'm a soft guy. I'm a happy-hearted yeah. guy. 
but I can't go out there and be that way to my friends. I have to fight. I literally had to fight every day. Wow. Fist fight every day in school. I literally had to stand up to bullies every day, um, argue every day in my family, fight with cousins every day. So I had to forge this personality and this, um, this mentality of never giving up. And I've always, I've always, I was always stubborn and I have an amazing father who always made me feel invincible, encouraged who I was, encouraged asking questions, being inquisitive, encouraged making sure I knew that it was okay to to want for more. So all of that stuff really just developed a, a sense of, of almost invincibility, but resilience as well. Do you think a part of you always knew you were attracted to the arts, but weren't ready to open that door? Or was was there a day that you can remember, I want to study acting? I'm going to just keep it real with Please. you, man. I always knew I was going to be great at something. Always had this burning desire to just be great. Because as I told you, I always put in so much work to do something. What it was I was going to be great at, I don't know. I thought I was going to be a great athlete. Uh, I thought I was going to be a great, I just loved science at the time. I thought I was going to, you know, I don't know. But I do remember, you asked me if there was one moment. I do remember with my dad, we would always watch movies at least once a week. We would sit on the couch, just he and I, sit on the couch and watch movies. We'd watch Spawn. We'd watch I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. We'd watch all of these movies. And I had just a joy in 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 taking it on and I used to kind of role play coming up none of this really resonated with me until I stepped on stage in Hampton University when I that's when I started acting after I gave up my football scholarship I had a little bit more time on my hands and I'm used to having a bunch of things on my plate right but now that I'm only studying the sharks I don't have to train eight hours a day right I want to go back to that audition yes so you stepped on stage before you got there, you had to make the conscious decision that I want to try this. And when did you open yourself up to thinking, I've mastered this physical life, I've mastered this mental life, and now I'm ready to go into the emotional aspect of opening myself up to be an actor. Like, How did that come about? Hmm. Well, when I was... Studying my shocks, I remember I was sitting at a computer with my my partner, and she said, "You know, have you ever thought about acting?" I said, "What acting? Wow, look, I'm from Jersey, man. I don't act a, a day in my life. I'm yeah. straight, real all day." She was like, <laughs> "You know what? That's that's exactly why you should be an actor. All that personality, you should try yeah. it." And at the time, my roommate was stage directing a play, and that's when I made the decision. You know, what I mean, just. Just inquire, right? Let me just see what that's like. And I was an extra. I just stepped on stage as a as a slave for it was a play called Marini's Black Bottom. But mm. I stepped on stage, damn near half naked. And at the time, I just came off the season, so my body's looking good yeah. and all that. <laughs> so the response I got from the audience was uh, intoxicating, right? But then after that, I saw, no, not after that, but while I was standing in the wings, mm-hmm. I got to watch the real actors act. And at that moment, I was fascinated. There was one guy in particular named Bruce Lemon. He's out here now as an actor and a director of some great stuff. But 
Bruce Lemon, and he started performing, and I was just in awe of what that world was like on stage. Hmm. I never saw it before, never experienced that type of energy. And him and a guy named Jeffrey Walters and then some other guys that were just on stage at the time really inspired me to see what that was like. Uh, long story short, I decided to try stepping on stage as an actor and uh, one of the directors that saw me like kind of just playing around on stage said, you know what, you should try out an audition for one of our main stage plays. Auditioned, became an understudy, uh-huh. took over four, half the shows, and then in, within two years, I starred in over 20 stage plays Wow! at the university and then quickly moved into television film, got an agent before moving out here to L.A. Where did you start your professional TV and film career? Out in Hampton Roads. Um, Hampton... At, while I was in Hampton University, I got my first agent. And is the business the same out there as it is oh, here? Oh, no, no, no. It's much slower, mm-hmm. much less uh, much less competition in the sense of um, high-quality talent mm-hmm. and everybody doing what you want to do. Um, but I landed my first, interna- my first commercial, not international, regional commercial, and that kind of sparked everything. Right. So me. you talked about your dad. Yes. And um, obviously, he's a very important person in your world. Mm-hmm. You went to university first on a football scholarship, and then you ended up with um, was it? Did you say scholarship? Academic, Be- right. academic. And then you're like, Dad, I'm going to become an actor. <laughs> <laughs> how did how Great did your question. family Great react question. to you saying, Great like, question. I'm thrown in a way to chance yeah. this lottery? Yeah, yeah. Great question. <laughs> so at this point, my family totally trusts all my decisions. I'm the okay. first one to ever go to college, first one to ever graduate in my family's legacy. So they are proud of me, period. Mm-hmm. Right. But when I did tell them I wanted to act instead of pursue this degree they were like uh what why (laughs) i mean okay but why and then i remember a conversation you're bringing up a lot of nostalgic memories man i'm messing around to get emotional here (laughs) but i remember talking to my dad and give him the call because i wanted to study um acting seriously i did something called john robert powers out there and it was twenty three hundred dollars to join the join the school i picked up the phone i was like listen pop man um and I was standing right outside of my classroom at this time doing from doing my research. I stepped out and asked him, I said, Dad, uh, I really feel like I want to pursue something different. Man. I really love this acting thing and I want to take it seriously. I need help, though, in order to get into this school. Do you think you could financially help me out? He was like, so you want to change careers and try this acting thing and spend all this money on acting? You really feel that strongly about it when we, you know, we spend all this money in school, yeah. but you want to give this a try. I said, yeah, man, it really feels like that big transition I made when I made a decision back before and all that. He's like, I stop. If you if you really want to do it, then I'm with you. But um, I hope you I hope you know what you're doing. Mm. And he said, let's do it. Wow. And I did it. And from that moment, I never looked back. Amazing. What was the moment you felt welcomed into the acting world because you know as actors we're always outsiders until someone says you know what this part is yours would you be part of my production what was the moment professionally you felt like yeah this is 
This is my home. I wouldn't recommend this anymore, especially being on this side. But I remember when it was during when it was during one of my auditions while I was in that school, I met a guy from out here, a producer, an executive producer from a studio. He went out there because he was casting some things. And he said to me, he, he after the audition, he said to me, he said, look, you have something very special. Mm. Wow. He said, you are very powerful with something very special and you'll do very well in this business. So make sure you stay in contact with me. Make sure you keep doing what you have to do. And I'll see you later on down the line. That was pretty much all I needed wow. was that confirmation from him. And the reason why I say I wouldn't recommend that now being on the side, no one has to give you confirmation. No one has to give you validation for yourself because you validate yourself. Just because you don't fit into someone else's vision or someone yeah. else's box, someone else's category does not devalue you at all. Yeah. That actually puts more value on you. I think I understand everything you're saying, but I also see from somebody, a young person's eyes, who doesn't know too much about this business, how important that moment was for validity. And obviously you've grown since then, so you're like, well, I didn't need that. But that that younger Coley needed that. Mm-hmm. How cool. What gave you the confidence to know you were going to pack everything, move to the West Coast to make this your life? My graduation and knowing that I didn't want to go back to the projects. Mm. Wow. And where did you head when you when you moved to LA directly? Directly, I went after my graduation. I went home for two weeks to love on my family, gather all my things, and then head to LA. Okay, this is this is none of my business. I'm going to ask anyway because of my my preconceived notion about uh, life in the inner city. Was there a lot of jealousy based on the fact that? You just graduated at a prestigious university um, and were doing what you wanted to do versus what was expected of you? None that I experienced. Awesome. It was the absolute opposite. Wow. Absolute opposite. It was inspiration. It was motivation. It was encouragement for those that wanted to do it but didn't have the opportunity or the ability to do it. So I had nothing but love from my friends in the hood because they felt like it was their success too. That is awesome. So then you come to Los Angeles. Where did you land? Where did you, how did you find your first apartment and how did you get meetings with agents and managers? Yeah. Okay. So relationships, relationships were really big for me. So before I got out here, I took a trip out here to, uh, for about a week, uh, to just see what this lay of the land was. And I also established a job out here before mm-hmm. I moved out and became a personal trainer because I knew that would be easy to transition. And I, so I already had a job out here and I moved here uh, and lived with someone I went to college with. He was already living out here too. So once we he graduated, he moved back home and got his own apartment. So I slept on this floor for two weeks Built up some money so I could uh, have my own apartment and got my own studio apartment while I was working. And I started beating the pavement. And through that job, listen, relationships are so key. And just doing what you do is so key because you never know. There's a favorite. One of my favorite quotes comes from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he says that you can never connect the dots looking forward, but you can always do it looking back and know that this moment right here 
is a small piece of the entire puzzle. Mm. So a relationship that I built as a personal trainer at Bally's led me to my first agent. Wow. He was a client of mine and he recommended, referred me awesome. to my agent. Yeah, My agent loved me and saw my talent and all, got me into these rooms, and then it took off from there. So can you remember that day you met with the agent? You're a, you're a young actor. You obviously have... You're full of confidence because you've really accomplished everything so far you've set your mind out to. Do you remember feeling, uh, because you didn't know that much about the business yet, were you still full of confidence or were you nervous that you needed approval from this first agent? I needed approval. I felt inferior. I was scared, nervous, um, concerned, but I just knew what I did accomplish. So that gave me the courage to keep moving even though I was feeling all of those feelings right when I met with the agent and I just saw how amazing she was and how genuine she was I'm just grateful for her kind of mothering spirit and nurturing spirit because we didn't even I didn't even have to audition for her she just felt my energy and yeah. felt my spirit and wanted to represent me. Well, you're very powerful. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've told you this before, but oh, you know, we met here. You just have a very commanding presence. You know, people feel you when you walk in the room. So I understand what you're saying. Appreciate that. Then she sends you out to start auditioning for casting directors. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming because it's your first agent in L.A., you're starting with smaller co-star yeah. gigs. Mm-hmm. What was the first project that you booked? First thing I booked was a uh, 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 cold case. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. First project I booked was cold case, and that got me Taff Hartley. Wow! Yeah, because I went in, I went in as a guest star. Really? Yeah, it was so you, weird. Wait, the first project you booked was a guest star. First project I wow. booked with that agent was a was a guest star. Yeah, that's not uh, very uh, common. Yeah, actually. it's not. Now I'm, I did I failed to mention a lot of the other stuff that I did on my own. Yeah, you know doing extra work and right. you know just doing little projects here and there but yes my first legit project that she sent me on and that i booked was a guest star and it got oh, me to cool. i watched your demo reel um i'm to be pro before you came over today all right i was really impressed with the range i only watched one reel it had some very specific dramatic very real moments then you did a kid's show and like you were able to change it up completely for the vibe of like the, the younger audience mm-hmm. and, you know, slowing down your cadence. Mm-hmm. And a lot, I find that a lot of actors do one thing and they do it really well. So I was impressed to see on your demo reel that you're doing a number of things really well. Do you think that's what led you because you've since moved up in the world of, of acting. I don't know right. if it was through seven seconds or through something else, but mm-hmm. you're with a, a different agency now mm-hmm. and you're having a real pilot season this year. You're going yes. out for projects where you're being considered for very large roles. Right. What do you think got the attention of the players in this market to think of you in a different way? You said it, seven seconds, really set the stage. Yes, uh, along with the track record that I've established, mm-hmm. being out here and looking at the demo reels and all, but no one really paid attention until seven seconds dropped. Uh, I remember going on agent, agency meetings, 
before seven seconds dropped and really saying like, look, seven seconds is going to come out. It's great. But listen, I want, I need some representation now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just wait. Let's just wait till seven seconds. Let me see what you did on seven yeah. seconds. Let's wait, wait, wait. And I'm like, by the time it comes out and you're telling me to wait, I need someone that's going to believe in me now. Yeah. Because once it drops, then I'm going to have the pick a litter, pick of the litter and it mm-hmm. won't be you. So take a chance <laughs> on me now. Good for you. Right. Um, but yes, seven seconds really set the stage for me. And then from there, uh, a top a top five management company came knocking on my door. Now, I hear about that all the time because, mm-hmm. you know, when I go, I'm an actor as well. Right. And I'm constantly knocking on managers and agents doors saying, look at me. And the advice I always get is wait till they come to you. So I love hearing that that's what happened for you. Yeah, man. I mean, everyone has their own journey, but from what I see and experience and have experienced, do you, mm. right? And let them come to you. It's almost like, you know, in a dating game, you appear too thirsty or too hungry or too yeah. desperate to a woman or whoever, to a woman, to a man, like you just are uninteresting yeah. now. Okay, I get that. And you don't understand the value of you anymore. Mm. You know, give me something to to work for. Give me something to be be hungry for. Uh, But that's much easier to say when you're not in a desperate position, right? (laughs) Yeah. But that's really going to show you who you are, who your value is. It's going to make you really build up that thing for when you do get on and when you do get what you're looking for. That's the thing that's going to sustain you for a career. Not just a job here and a yeah. job there. So that makes perfect sense. Let's go to the project seven seconds. What mm-hmm. what did you learn during the filming of the the Netflix show? Trust your instincts. Because it, were they free with you to oh, let you yeah. like do what your instincts were telling you? Oh yeah. Um I mean Venus Sue, the showrunner. The creator was amazing at giving me range at creating this character. Uh, one, because uh, she just respected my work and, and really enjoyed my work. And two, knowing that I was literally from Jersey City, which the show is based off of. Uh, she gave me free range to really create this character and have a dialogue with me and discover things along the way. And oftentimes as actors, we don't get that opportunity. We, Especially when we're just coming up. This was my first character that had an arc this was my first opportunity to be in something consistently as always co-stars guest stars co-stars guest stars and you have that one two day of work but i had this time to develop the character and what i learned was again trust the instinct because every time something instinctually happened on set was when magic happened wow those are the things that they kept when I was in my head and I charted it and I was like, Ooh, this is going to be a good moment to do this. Ooh, this is night. Yeah. That's bullshit. Right. Stay present. Wow. You were also on unsolved, yes. which was, um, was on a cable network versus seven seconds, which was on Netflix. Do you think it's a different approach for an actor when you're on a series that's going to come out week by week and the audience gives feedback every week and you know you're getting a chance to look at the ratings how is it going versus when you're on Netflix which is everything drops at once and you don't have to worry about audience feedback you're just going to do what you're going to do and and see how they deal with it 
That's interesting. Um, yes, I do believe there's an absolute difference. Um, I have yet to experience that difference for myself because I haven't been on a show on a network show like that with a, with an arc just, but for seven seconds, that's what I was doing. And, and I didn't have to worry about audience feedback, but yeah, because that affects, I'm sure that affects how you perform mm-hmm. based on what the audience feels about this character. Right. It's going to have some kind of influence. Whereas as you said on Netflix or something where it just drops at once, it's like I'm just going to do my work and, you take whatever it is you need to take. So there is a different approach. Did you feel at all a part of the Netflix family? I don't know what that means, but I've never been on a Netflix show. And in my mind, I feel like, oh, it's like this big cheery place where <laughs> you guys get to hang out. And, you know, they use um, somebody from this show for that show. Do you get to go in for a lot of Netflix shows? No. All right, I'm gonna, I'll skip that question then because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, it, it's it's fine. But I did feel like a part of the Netflix family in the sense of when there are events, there's a camaraderie between a lot of the the other actors that's on shows. Oh, you in the show? Oh, you in the show? But as far as them recycling actors, I hear about it. I haven't experienced it yet, though. Although I have some some good supporters and, and fans at the in the Netflix world but yeah it's interesting I haven't hmm. yet did you learn anything from some of the other actors who were regulars on the show about working with directors or having demands on set of their scripts is there yes. anything that they imparted on you yes and I, I'm sorry to have to jump in here so quickly but that was a great question and absolutely I learned from Russell Hornsby and, and Regina King. They are strong about staying true to the character. Fight for your character. Fight for his story. Fight for the overall integrity of the character as well as the overall integrity of the story. Um, just because a writer writes something or um, just because a director wants to direct something this character that you've sat with and developed all this time also has a voice and you should feel fully free to express that voice and fight for it. Wow. But still keep in mind the overall picture because mm-hmm. everybody is bringing their different perspective to make this, this beautiful piece. I obviously thought of you when Regina King won her Academy Award this mm-hmm. year. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to work with her. And obviously she had the opportunity to work with you because one day you're going to be getting these accolades as well. I firmly believe that. Uh, I appreciate and that. As you move forward in your career, I know that now you're creating projects. I, mm-hmm. Your wife and I talked about this. I went to a, a table read of one of the scripts that you wrote. Right. It was deep and it was brilliant and there was so much happening with all of these characters when did you start writing seriously after seven seconds after seven seconds i came home off the plane and i was like wow i i had an amazing experience on that that show but i need to do this myself there's a story and there are stories that i want to tell and there's only a way that I can tell it. 
It's a specific mm-hmm. way that I can tell it that needs to be heard and seen. Um, so I just locked myself in the dungeon for about a year. Um, before the the script was created that you read for, I was in my dungeon, my just my apartment, studying Shonda Rhimes, studying master class, the online master classes, um, reading as many books as I could about screenwriting, about storytelling, and just practicing, practicing, throwing things away, practicing again until I developed something that I was really proud of. Um, and I just became obsessed with it, became obsessed with telling stories. And once I understood the format, I mean, I'm, I'm a scientist at, at heart, right? So, um, once you give me the, the format and the structure of how to do something, now I can just use that template to put anything in it, trial and error. And, um, that really sparked something. And since seven seconds, since I first started writing, I've created about five solid scripts Wow, and produced one. Most of these scripts, are they like TV pilots or are you also doing features? Yeah. Yeah. Features, television pilots, shorts, um, comedies and dramas, uh, feel good stuff. I think that goes back to what I was saying about your demo reel. Like you have a very good range for Mm -hmm. acting between drama and comedy. So I'm looking forward to reading some of your comedies as well. But what I noticed besides the depth of character, in this table read we went to was that you have a very large community. Like the room was filled with people reading these roles. And Mm. I think a lot of actors maybe have four or five friends they could read with, but how did you build such a large community of artists who will support you? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, relationships, you know, big on relationships and, through my tenure of being out here, my 10 years being out here, I've developed uh, a lot of good relationships, people that I've come up with and been in the dirt with and others that I've just worked with along the way um, and truly caring about what their journey looked like and vice versa and using them as support, mm-hmm. um, helping them out at with, with no expectations and, and vice versa. So that's what build, built my community and continues to build my community. And I'm being afraid of taking a chance um, of being, uh, of meeting somebody else, meeting somebody new or asking questions. Yeah. Smart. I, this podcast is an offshoot of my obsessed comedy series. And mm. I made myself. I saw that too, man. Oh, I saw it. Thanks bro. for sending it to me. It was so fun. I was like, dude, this dude is funny. Thanks man. for watching, bro. Yeah. But I made a rule with myself when I started producing them. I will do no favors for friends. And what I mean by that is if I've written a role for somebody, if they're right for it and they can do it, perfect. But if somebody just says, oh, I want to be in that, but it's not a fit for the comedy that I'm doing or the piece I'm doing, I won't plug them in just for the sake of doing a favor for a friend. And with you, because your community is so large, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of your productions are going to be made. I mean, I Mm. think people are going to start buying them. Mm. Do you feel obligated to plug your friends in? Or are you free enough with it to say, you know what, I can step back as the creator and, and see who you think is right for these roles? Um, yes, I do feel an obligation to, to assist my friends in some kind of way, especially the ones who have assisted me. 
specifically though and the way you're saying where i feel like i need to create a role for this person that person no because my goal is always the integrity of the project Mm -hmm. and my friends would understand that and have to understand that i'll give them an opportunity if they seem fit um, but i'm not going to just give a role they have to you know earn it especially if it's not just my say um but I, I don't feel an obligation where I sacrifice the integrity or compromise my vision. Good. I totally applaud that. And yeah, thank you. And I, and I encourage that with you for you to have the grit and the, the awareness to create your own stuff and produce it, not only just write it, but to produce yeah. it as a whole nother beast. Totally. So if you're going to put in that work and that sweat equity, why would you bastardize it? Yeah. To make someone else happy. Absolutely. I agree. Your your wife, if you don't mind me talking about uh, Oh, her. man, I talk about it all day. <laughs> Good. Yeah. She's been on the podcast. She's a, a fantastic actress, and she's on the show Lethal Weapon. And you recently did an episode of Lethal Weapon. Was that a challenge to be on set with your wife? No, actually, man. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to work with her. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't get to work with her at all. She shot her scenes, and I didn't have any scenes with her. But she did come to set with me and all. Um, but it was exciting. This was really immediately after our wedding too, so we couldn't right. get enough of each other. Still honeymooning, even to this day. Uh, um, also, you, you guys were mentioned in people magazine that yeah, gonna, yeah that's weird yeah, like how yeah, cool is that yeah. the world is interested yeah. in your marriage yeah it's pretty Man. cool bro. it's pretty cool i can't lie that we're getting a lot of uh positive vibes a lot of good yeah. love um and i just count it as a blessing because i wasn't always here brother it yeah. wasn't always here yeah i get you it was uh it was I mean, a journey bro currently you're you're an actor you're a husband you're a dad you're a writer, you're a creator. There's all of these things that you are doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where you find the time to do this. I'm, you know, lucky if I have time to memorize for a, a co-star audition mm-hmm. and I have nothing else in my life. <laughs> like, how do you find the discipline to do all of the things you're doing right now? It's a choice. It's a choice. And my, my desire carries me through. My desire, my want, my hunger outweighs any of my laziness and procrastination. I literally see the do it or die wow. for me. Yeah. You know, again, it comes from my upbringing. It's like it's all or nothing. Wow. If I don't go hard and do this and make it out, then I'm either going to be dead or in jail, just like the statistics say. Uh. And I've experienced that. Like my my older bro- my cousin, who was more like my older brother, was shot and killed at, at, at my hot right mm-hmm. outside. Um, you know, at the age of twenty, I was twenty one. He was twenty four. So yeah. it's like I can't even imagine. And, and this is just one story out of out of many. And you know, I'm not an anomaly. This happens all the time. But that's yeah. where my mindset comes in. See, the do it or die. So if you want it, f- make the time, find the time to do it. Uh, just like you're doing this podcast, you you say all that, but I, the evidence of what you've created and creating is a contradiction to what you just oh, said. That's nice of you, right? I mean, well, it's real. This is what I'm basing it on. And your, your wife and I had this conversation too. You have a dog. <laughs> I can't imagine loving something enough to pick up its poop. Like, I see you walking that dog, and I see you having to brush off hair from your sweatshorts, like. 
I don't love anything that much. <laughs> Can I be honest, bro? Please. I hate it. <laughs> Yo, I despise it. Thank you for being <laughs> I, honest. I despise all of that because I didn't want the dog, but <laughs> you know, you know what makes me do it. My love for my wife. Yes, because she told me it was your baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she told me it was my baby, but it's not. She got it as yeah. a Christmas gift that I, I didn't want. It was a surprise. Thank but you for I'm being honest. For I've talked to four people on the podcast about this. You're the first person who's honest. <laughs> I know everybody thinks the same thing. No, no, but it, it t- and it ties in to what what I just said. Though it's yeah. like my my goal, my end goal, my desire, what I want outweighs the yeah. procrastination and laziness. I want her to be happy, and I want the happiness between us. So. Yeah. If it t- if it means walking the dog, picking up shit, and you know all of that, then I'll do it for the moment. Listen, I'm not um, being facetious. Mm-hmm. I look up to you in the sense that you really accomplish your goals because of everything you just said. You take care of yourself and your family financially, mentally, creatively, physically, and if. If I can take one thing for myself from this interview, it's what you said about the, if you want it bad enough. I mean, how many times do I say I want to get in shape, but do I want it bad enough to do it? Mm -hmm. I need to figure that out. Yes. But you do all of that and you're working and you're kind to people. Like you're just a good person and I feel lucky to have you in my orbit. Where can my listeners learn more about you are you active on social media yeah yes i am um i appreciate everything you said man that 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 strikes me hard um and likewise since we met you know uh several months ago when i moved in man it was just a synergy here but yes my i would love for your listeners to stay connected with me you can connect with me on ig i'm no longer on facebook but ig at coley Mustafa Speaks, that's at C-O-L-E-Y-M-U-S-T-A-F-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. Amazing, perfect. And in five years from now, everything goes the way you want it to go. Are you leading on a series? Are you in feature films? Are you producing your own material, all the above? Where do you see yourself? All of the above. I specifically see myself starring on a series that I've created. Um, I've already had two series picked up, um, working on a feature film, two feature films, but I'm starring on a series that, that I, I created and wow. will be working on preparing to work on a feature film that I created as well. Dude, you're a good man and I'm impressed with you. You guys, please go to um, Instagram to follow Coley Mustafa Speaks. He's a good dude. He's buff as hell. <laughs> His wife is beautiful. He picks up shit even though he doesn't want to. And he's a good actor. Hey, man. Look, proud of you, though. Keep this up, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. This is, this is gold you have. Thanks, brother. And thank you guys for listening. And there we have it. Another great episode. Thanks to our guests for being so generous. Thanks to you for listening and being a part of this community. This has been brought to you by Obsessed.com. Please check it out for fun videos and updates. And don't forget to find something that you're obsessed with.